Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Zoom Disputed Podcast. We have an awesome show today where we will discuss soccer, which is really exciting. I am joined by two awesome guests. I'm joined by Nathan and Lainey today, and we're going to dive into some soccer topics. I'm really excited for it. Uh, you guys want to say hello? Nathan, I'll go to you first. Hey, how's it going, guys? My name's Nathan. Super excited to be back on the podcast show and talk soccer. Awesome. Yeah, really glad to have Nathan here and also Lainey as well. Lainey, how are you doing? Hi, guys. I'm doing good. And yeah, what Nathan said, I'm excited to be back. Awesome stuff. So first topic of discussion for us on this soccer-themed podcast is the United States men's soccer team, who unfortunately continues their struggles. They failed to qualify for the Summer Olympics for the third consecutive cycle. They lost this past weekend to Honduras in a semifinal match that ended their bid for the Tokyo Olympics. So obviously unfortunate, you know, you really would like to see obviously the U.S. qualify for the Olympics for men's soccer, but they were unable to. So let's kind of talk about our reaction to all of that. Nathan, I know you were able to see some of that game against Honduras. So uh, what's kind of your take on that game? And then now knowing that the U.S. will not be qualifying for, for the Summer Olympics. Yeah, no, I mean, like you said, it's their third third cycle in a row that they'll be missing out on the Olympics. And I think a lot of fans out there and for soccer here in the United States, it's really disappointing to see that they're not going to be in it once again. Um, I know some people are probably going to say, well, a lot of their top talent wasn't there. And obviously, with like some of the rules and some of the clubs that these top players play for not allowing them to play, it definitely had a factor in that. Definitely, I think it would have been a different outcome if they were able to play. But I mean, at the end of the day, you're you're the U.S. men's national soccer team. You're you're supposed to be beating teams like Honduras. Like, no disrespect to that organization, but I mean, I definitely think with, with the caliber of talent that the United States has, like they definitely should have won that game. And the way that they played, and especially that second goal given up by the goalie, is just just goes to show the type of organization that they have right now and the type of people that are playing. Like, it just seems like they kind of gave up there at the end and weren't really um, fighting all that hard for that one. Yeah, I definitely like that analysis and agree. It's definitely a disappointment. Like you would think that the U.S. would be able to kind of figure it out after two cycles of not qualifying, but still unable to do so. So uh, definitely interesting there. Lainey, how about you? What was kind of your reaction and, and initial thoughts uh, after hearing the news about the U.S. unable to qualify? Well, I watched the game and honestly, like it was a little embarrassing because this used to be like a minimum expectation, like you're supposed to. But, like, I think this is really good because I don't think these lot, um, players have gotten a lot of opportunities. And I think this is going to light a fire under their ass. Because if you look at Pulisic losing out to the World Cup, like, he says that's his biggest motivator and biggest drive. But also, like, we don't need the Olympics. We should be focusing on the World Cup. And I think these players should honestly focus on training with their club instead of playing in a tournament where top talent's going to be in the Euros. So it really doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I definitely can agree with that. So I guess my question, this could be for either one of you on this. Do you have any kind of solution or way that the U.S. could kind of solve this problem? You know, obviously developing athletes is something that the U.S. does very well of in a lot of other sports. I think basketball is definitely one that really comes to mind that the U.S. is always very competitive and has a very developed system for um, developing athletes and having them play the same way with, with USA. Are there any kind of thoughts that either one of you have as to how U.S. can start to kind of improve some of the things that they're doing when it comes to player development and playing kind of the right style to kind of get back into that picture where they're competing in Olympics and in World Cups. I think what the U.S. has 
like I don't mean this in a mean way, but like the US, you can tell in the Olympics, Americans just have raw talent when it comes to sports. Like, and I think that's what's carrying them a lot. But this whole like, let's kick the ball up like it's kickball and just be aggressive doesn't work. And I think finally we're kind of getting rid of some of the older players who shouldn't be playing anymore. But I think they're actually doing a good job. I think there's 10 people in Europe. Like we have players on FC Barca, Dorman, Juventus, Chelsea. And I think we're doing everything we can. I just think the issue is like these young players are playing in MLS and that's not going to get you anywhere. Like it's yeah. known as a retirement league for a reason. Like we just need more people in Europe. Yeah, kind of like building off the lane you just said. Um, I, there definitely has been change. Like I think I'm pretty sure four years ago in the recent Olympics, we didn't have as many players playing over in Europe and playing for all these top organizations like Chelsea, Juventus and stuff. But I just feel like it's a fundamental error and kind of like the United States is a little bit on a handicap compared to other uh, national teams. Just because people or players in Europe, South America, they, they're kind of like groomed into the athletes that they are starting from a very young age. And I just feel like Blaney was saying, the system that's set up here in the U.S. where you're either playing soccer in college or the MLS, and that's how you kind of work your way up to playing for the national team is definitely not as competitive not as great of a training system as what they got over there in Europe. So it's definitely a little bit kind of, I would say like a handicap that the U S is under just because the, the organizations and foundation has been around in Europe and South America for so long. And it's very well developed and has groomed a lot of like the top talent around the world. So I just think the U S is kind of at a disadvantage in order to get better at the like fundamentals need to uh, get worked on in the system to bring players up from a young age to the star athlete just, just needs to change. Like going off of that, Dest plays for Barca and he scored two goals in their win against Real Sociedad. Weston McKinney is playing with Ronaldo. Like that's what we need. Like it yeah. shouldn't be like, oh my God, we have finally have a player playing with Ronaldo. Like that should just be the norm. And I yeah. feel like we're getting there. But I think it's, I don't think we're going to do well in this upcoming World Cup in all honesty. I think when we host it in 2026, we're going to go pretty far. It's yeah, bad. I definitely yeah, I definitely agree with Laney there. Definitely like players like McKinney, um, Dest, you got Pulisic over there in Chelsea. As long as we get more talent to play over in Europe, that's where all the top talent is. That's where you're playing the Messi's, the Ronaldo's, the Neymar's of the world, and where you're playing against top caliber talent. And that's what you're gonna see when come to the World Cup. I mean, it's the best teams in the entire world. So in order to get prepared for the World Cup, you definitely need to be playing out there and not over here in the US. Yeah, what sucks is, like, if you look at Lampard, how he came to NYCFC and Pirlo, like, that's their retirement. Like, they left Europe because they couldn't play at that level. And we're having guys who, like, this is as good as they can play. Like, that shouldn't be normal. Like, you shouldn't be playing in a league and basing our whole program off of MLS that's known for retiring older players. Like, we should be having a higher standard. Exactly. I think Zlatan kind of said it best. Like when he was at his prime age, he was in Europe with all the, but the people mm -hmm. that he's competing against now who are in their prime, he's at his retiring phase of it all. And, and he's playing in the MLS when a lot of these guys are in their prime playing in the same league. So it just goes to show how a lot of the top talent out there at Europe kind of looks down upon the MLS and sees it more as a retirement league. I definitely agree.
Yeah, I definitely can echo all that's being, you know, said so far. And I find it interesting, kind of like that mindset that like, oh, I'll just come over for the end of my career after I have a successful career in Europe and I'll just finish off in the MLS. And it's almost even seems like a marketing thing. It's like, well, if I can play in, you know, places like New York or Chicago, then a lot of people just know who I am and I'll be able to kind of just grow my brand. Uh, that's kind of how I always see it. And Nathan, you mentioned Zlatan. I think that um, is one that kind of comes to mind for me there. So kind of moving on, obviously, U.S. soccer not doing great. We were just talking about how a lot of the good quality that we see in the sport comes over in Europe. So I want to kind of shift over real quick over to the Premier League. We're going to touch on Chelsea, of course, Laney's favorite team. So we'll hear her thoughts on that. But just kind of a quick overview of where the Premier League uh, kind of sits right now at the time of this podcast. Chelsea currently sits fourth in the league table for the Premier League right now. They trail Manchester City, Manchester United, and also Leicester City in the standings right now. So, uh, Laney, I'll turn it over to you. How do you kind of see um, this season kind of play out for Chelsea? What's kind of been your thoughts? And um, how do you kind of see the rest of the season kind of playing out? In all honesty, I thought we were winning this season. Like, we were undefeated till November. I was so confident. And then it just took a dive. Like, what pisses me off is... I'm in the camp that Lampard shouldn't be fired. So I'm definitely biased. But like with our new coach, everyone's saying like, oh my God, like look at the clean sheets. He's coming and fix our issues. He hasn't. Like we were already pretty solid defensively. Like, yeah, we were giving up shitty goals. But like overall, like we were doing much better than the season before. We're still not attacking. And I find it weird. Like I think a big reason people are happy is when you get a new manager, it lights a fire under people. And that was true with Mason Mount. But the players that here that are doing successful were the players you were kind of throwing a fit and threatening to leave when Lampard was. It's like, how did you go that quickly in two games from barely chasing after the ball to now sprinting like down the pitch? Like you said you were injured and then the manager changes and a week later, all of a sudden your hamstring is healed. Like, I think it's a little bullshit. I think this team stopped playing for him. And I think that's kind of sad. But I think if Chelsea doesn't finish fourth, we're going to have a huge issue because we need to be in the Champions League. Like, there's not even a question. And I, one last thing is, I don't think they're doing well. And even though they're like, oh my God, we're in fourth place. Like, this is so great. We're in fourth because the better teams like Man U and Leicester have stopped playing well. Like, it's not just us playing better. Other teams are playing shittier. Like, I don't know. I'm not really happy. Yeah, good uh, good analysis there. And then kind of just one follow-up question I have for you, just kind of overall on this season that Chelsea's had. Is there any kind of one player that has surprised you with either how well they've played or that they haven't played to as high of a level as you expected this season? Timo Werner. Like, I'm a huge fan of him and he was supposed to come over and kind of be that new Diego Costa. He's missing like stuff that he should never have missed. Like is now become such an issue that he's stated in the press. I feel bad that the manager got fired because of me. Like, how do we have one of the best fours in the world come to our club and now can't score? I also think Mason Mount's doing great, sadly. And (laughs) Uh, one player that wasn't doing good that I kind of like is doing better now is Conte. Like I just want him to succeed. So I love Conte. Love that man. He's my favorite. He still drives a Mini Cooper that he crashed like a couple years ago. Like he has millions and refuses to fix it. 
Exactly. He's such a wholesome man. Have you seen like um like wholesome TikToks about Conte? I love that man. Such a good dude. I like that apparently fans invited him over to have dinner and he went and they played FIFA the entire night. Like who does that? Yo, I thought we're talking about a, a World Cup champion playing in one of the top players in the entire world coming to your house for dinner and playing FIFA. That's awesome. I once almost got hit by a bus because I saw Hazard and I ran across the street forgetting that the roads are switched in London. So I thought oh. I was cleared. <laughs> I was not. It was worth <laughs> it. I have a picture of him, <laughs> like with him. So it's all good, but definitely not my finest moment. <laughs> that is awesome stuff. Good uh, conversation there. Any other kind of thoughts here as we kind of look to wrap up? I'll go over to you, Nathan. Any kind of thoughts you've had so far, um, either this season in the Premier League or any other um, soccer leagues you've been able to watch this season? Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely have not been watching as much soccer as I definitely probably should have, but I know this season is a little bit surprising. I, I know for me, um, I, I guess you can say I'm a Man U fan, but not really. It's just kind of a team that I followed in the prem. I don't know if you're going to like that, Lainey, but um, I was really surprised that they're actually number two right now. I feel like a lot of teams that I expected to do well, kind of like Liverpool, Tottenham, I thought they were going to be some of the teams that are at the top, but they're kind of on the middle ground right now. And you got Man U in second place. I know I really I was really interested by the fact that they picked up Cavani, and I think Bruno Fernandez is having a really great season. He's definitely shown that he has the talent to play in the Premier League, coming from a big in Portugal. So, um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, I haven't really been keeping up too much. I definitely think Man City is going to end up taking it once it's all said and done, just because of the talent that they have, all the star players with De Bruyne, Sterling, and all them. I definitely think they have they have this league unlocked this season, but. Super excited to see what goes on with the Champions League. Uh, I know we're coming up to the knockout rounds with Messi and Ronaldo out. I know it's definitely going to be interesting to see how Bayern, PSG, and uh, all these other teams uh, play out and see see who comes out on top. Who do you actually, Lane, Who do you think is going to end up winning the, the Champions League this season? I'd like to say Chelsea. <laughs> I know that's not the correct answer. Yeah. I thought Bayern, but now that Lewandowski's out, I don't know. Yeah. I, as sad as this is, especially for the Premier League, I'm kind of happy Man City is winning in a way because it was announced last week, not last week, yesterday, Sergio Aguero is leaving. Like without oh, him, he was the one who won the Premier League for them, I think back in, it was like 2012, 2013 oh, or 2014. But like, he's the reason that they've been doing so good lately. So it's actually really sad. Like, I don't think anyone from rival teams like hates him. So I've been kind of bummed about that, but it'd be cool if they went out and he was able to win. Yeah, no, I'm definitely surprised. I did not know that. That's my first time hearing that. So I think that's crazy. He's definitely been one of their like fundamental and foundational players that they've had and built the success that they've had over this, like last decade with obviously with that one championship scoring that game winning goal, definitely one of the most greatest like moments in like Prem history. But yeah, that, that's crazy. I know I'm definitely super excited about this offseason and like seeing the like the transfer wire and see what's going to happen and like what who ends up where. I know Messi's a big name. Like who knows what's going to happen with that? What's Aguero gone? It's definitely going to be, I feel like there's going to be a lot of new faces in different teams next season. And I think that's going to be super cool to see. I think Aguero's going to Barca and Messi's coming to Man City. I think that's, that's why they're not signing him. I think they're going to do a swap. Me too. So do I. And if Messi goes to Man City, that would be nuts. That would be super nuts. Playing with De Bruyne, 
And who else is on there? You got Bernardo Silva. I mean, do you think they're going to have to let go of anybody if they do end up picking Messi? I feel like picking up a contract like Messi is going to be a lot of money. They have it. Like, because they own a team in Australia. They own NYCFC. I think they'd be fine, in all honesty. I think what's scary is our Chelsea's entire defense is, like, 25-year-olds, so we're not mm-hmm. going to do well. But it's fine. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I know and like an ideal scenario would probably have like Ronaldo come back to Man U and have them fight it out for the Europe top league. That I think that'd be super cool. But, you know, we can have our dreams, see what happens. Definitely super excited to see where everybody ends up, though. Awesome. Really good discussion there. Really glad Nathan and Lainey were able to join me for it. A lot of discussion there, a little U.S. talk, a little Europe talk about uh, different things going on in soccer right now. So really awesome discussion. Nathan, I'll actually turn it over to you here. Any kind of social media shout outs uh, you want to give to anyone who may be listening as a good way to kind of follow up and, and continue on with this conversation? Yeah, no, for sure. Definitely follow us at Zoom Disputed on Twitter and Instagram. You'll be catching all our updates and know when the next episode will be popping up and being uploaded to Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, or any other major platform that you listen. So uh, definitely follow us again at Zoom Disputed. Um, catch all the updates and uh, uh, tune in on the discussion. Definitely, we'd like to hear comments and feedback. So uh, let us know what you want to hear next. Awesome. Yeah, definitely give us a follow there. Zoom Disputed Podcast. A lot of different sports. Covered, covered a lot of our soccer talk here. That's definitely Lainey's area of expertise. Lainey, any final thoughts for you before we sign off here? No, I'm good. This is fun. I usually host this alone. (laughs) So it's nice actually getting to talk to other people about it. Awesome. Yeah, a lot of fun. Really glad we were able to have this discussion. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this podcast. And we'll talk to you guys all again soon. Have a good one.